I was wiping down the green marble counters, happy to be doing something useful, when Nettie returned my calls. Hey there, Tana, how the hell are you? She greeted me in her booming voice. Long time no hear. Despite her many years in the South, Dr. Nedra Halloran had kept her broad New England accent. That last word had come out, here. Hey, Nettie, I'm okay. How's the wonderful world of mental medicine? The kids are great, I swear. Most of the parents could use a brain transplant. They ought to make you get a permit to get knocked up. It's tougher to get a driver's license than it is to drag some poor, unsuspecting kid kicking and screaming into the world. It was a familiar, recurring theme. Nettie believed that bad kids were generally made, not born. While I wasn't a wholehearted subscriber to her theory, she had a lot of experience to back it up. Good thing you and I skipped the motherhood thing, I said. Imagine what kind of screwed-up offspring we might have produced. Speak for yourself, Tana. I would have made a fabulous mother. Too bad my ovaries had other plans. Nettie's inability to have children had contributed to the breakup of her short-lived marriage to a popular Savannah newscaster. But, in typical Nettie fashion, she had faced the disappointment and moved on. So what's up? she asked. You really doing okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Well, not really fine, but all right. Listen, I've got a proposition for you. If he's tall, rich, and Catholic, and not absolutely repulsive-looking, I'm available. Try to control yourself, Nedra. Aren't there any guys left in Savannah? Not many single straight ones, at least none that are looking for a strictly carnal relationship with a slightly overweight, shanty Irish redheaded shrink. With a resume like that, they should be beating down your door. Listen, I said, dropping the banter. Remember my friend Bitsy? That disgustingly petite little thing with the gorgeous blonde hair and no butt? Of course I remember her. I hate her. She's got problems, Nettie, and I think you could help. I detailed Bitsy's concerns about CJ, her belief that he was exhibiting the signs of drug abuse, and her inability to get any support from her husband. I had Nettie's attention now, and I could hear her scribbling notes while we talked. All business now, she asked a couple of probing questions I didn't have the answers to. So, so the old man won't let her bring the kid in for evaluation, huh? The classic ostrich syndrome. If I don't know about it, I don't have to deal with it. Boy, parents like that really piss me off. So how about it? Want to spend a couple of glorious, fun-filled days at this fabulous beach resort without cost or obligation? Say yes, Nettie. I'd really love to see you. Sure. On one condition. What's that? You don't cook. Nothing. Not even an egg. I'm in the kitchen or weed out. You're so good for my ego, Halloran. No wonder you're such a successful psychologist. Hey, I usually get 90 bucks an hour for this routine. You want chum? It costs extra. As usual, after a conversation with my irreverent ex-roomie, I hung up laughing. Nettie's last patient on Friday was at 2 o'clock, so she should be here sometime before 5. 
I called Bitsy and set dinner for seven. I told her to save her gratitude until we heard what Nettie had to say. I figured that was enough work for one day, so I called the club to see if I could scare up a tennis match. Brad, the young pro, told me to come by about four. If no one was looking for an opponent, he'd play me himself. As I stripped off my clothes and stepped into my tennis whites, I realized that I hadn't thought about Jeff Anderson all day. Things were definitely looking up.